Well, how are you feeling this morning? I guess some of you will be feeling on top of the world, full of life and optimism. Perhaps you're celebrating an anniversary. Uh, You're full of confidence. You feel blessed. You have much to celebrate. You're in the groove. Thank you very much. All is good. You're ready for worship. And we praise God for that. Others may respond to that question by saying, well, I'm okay. I'm not particularly one thing or the other, to be honest. Uh, The routine of life is fairly ordinary. Joys and sorrows, challenges and opportunities. But most of the time, you feel that you're on the plane rather than perhaps on the mountaintop. Nevertheless, you praise God anyway. And you pray in this service for inspiration and help and renewal. Well, I hope that you will find that in this service today. But there are others, if you are honest, when I ask that question this morning, who will be feeling very low or a bit down. Perhaps you're struggling for some reason in terms of your physical or your mental health, in terms of employment issues. Perhaps you're facing financial challenges or relationship challenges or maybe a spiritual struggle at the moment. Perhaps you're losing hope emotionally or politically, economically or socially. It could be this morning that you've messed up and you're feeling the weight of guilt or if-onlys. Or you're full of shame that's nothing to do with you and no fault of your own. Many of us who are regular members of the church here at MCHW, if we're honest, are confused and bewildered by losing one of our much-loved members, Christina. Some of you will be feeling very down today. But I want to say to you all, however you're feeling today, you are precious in God's sight and you matter to God. You are a child of God And he wants to be in your life. It's not just Nayari, who is very special today. We are all special children of God. And I pray for those of you who are feeling at rock bottom that Jesus may be the rock that you hit at rock bottom and that you may know his spirit ministering to you and our Heavenly Father's loving embrace and the healing touch enabling you. It's my prayer that there may be something in this service today that when you leave this place will have spoken to you. It may be words or prayers or songs or hymns or music or the baptism that something will actually renew you through this service so that you are better able to leave this church and serve in the weeks ahead. Now, the prophets of Israel often responded to the sights and the sounds that were around them. Let me give you some examples. Amos and the basket of fruit. Joel, the plague of locusts. Jeremiah, the boiling pot. Ordinary realities that they observed in which the prophets could see the presence of God in the life of Israel and in God's people. None of them are perfect analogies, yet somehow they spoke powerfully 
to them and can speak powerfully to us today. And in our Old Testament passage, we have another uh, analogy. Jeremiah was captivated when he went down to the potter's house. He observed what was happening. And he was so captivated by this ordinary thing that three chapters, 18 through to 20 verse 18, focus on what he learnt at the potter's house. And we heard the beginning of his reflections today in our lesson. And it all happened around about 605 BC. What Jeremiah observed spoke about God's judgment and or the creator's redemption as well. It's not a perfect metaphor, it can't be pushed too far, but it is actually a very powerful one. Let me just read those words. Jeremiah said, I saw the potter working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so you are in my hand, Israel. Jeremiah realized that our maker allows human beings freedom to make moral choices, to do our own thing, Sometimes we reap the consequences of that, we get it wrong. Yet often, he demonstrates his sovereignty over the universe. As the potter controls what he does with the clay, so ultimately the Lord is sovereign over all of Judah. The fact is, the maker can do as he pleases, whether we understand what he's doing or not, with the clay. And however we're feeling this morning, we can cry out to God and be honest with him. But he is sovereign and we need to watch perhaps a little our complaining about our lot. You see, God can still use us in our situation however we're feeling this morning. And this is picked up in our Romans reading, chapter 9. Let me read those words, verse 20 and following. But who are you, human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? The fact is, whoever we are, God can use us and remake us into what he would want us to be. Humankind is like, if you like, a, a lump of clay. Clay may be dirty, filthy, marred, filled with flaws. Yet God can still mold his people to his purposes, even when they've wandered off. Our creator doesn't owe us anything yet chooses to be patient and kind and merciful and compassionate, chooses to draw us into his love, chooses to desire the very best for us. We will not understand everything, but he loves you and he understands. Romans 9 verse 25 
As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people. I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. And in the very place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. In the original context, the verses from Hosea refer to spiritual restoration of Israel. But Paul, in his passage, finds them the principle that God is a saving, forgiving, restoring God. One who delights in making those who are not his people into his people. And the principle he applies to the Gentiles, of course, who are made his people by them being grafted in to that covenant relationship. I won't go into that. But it may be this morning, as we think of ourselves in terms of clay ready to be molded, wherever we find ourselves, that actually there are some people who seem far from God who've never been invited to be part of a a community where they can actually receive from God his shaping and molding. It may be that we don't believe they're interested, actually. Uh, We don't think they'll ever come to church or be interested in what we have to say about God because we don't know all the answers anyway. Well, I'm challenging you to say it's not about you, it's about God's invitation. And I want to encourage every single person here who comes regularly or occasionally to consider sometime over the next couple of months bringing someone with you to worship. Because whether we realize it or not, whether we or our friends or family are on the mountaintops, the plains or the valleys, we all need the Lord. Our world needs the Lord. And the person you've been avoiding inviting to church because it's just a little bit awkward might just be waiting for an invitation. Could it be that God's provenient grace is already at work in people's lives in the world but they need help to be introduced to the potter who's wanting to meet their needs and our needs, to mold us into something more beautiful. See, we are chosen by the Lord. He wants us to respond to him. And on this day of baptism, we bring a child into the church And we're praying that that child may be molded and shaped in the Christian community. We're thinking about the Mathanspin school. That children in the care of that school may be nurtured in the way of Christ. Molded and shaped for good. But what part can we play in all of that? Well, you might say, yeah, but I'm feeling rock bottom. I don't want to do all that today. I just need to be ministered to myself. Well, I believe when we are actually about the inviting of people into the community, you might find that those people that you're inviting may be the ones who actually minister to you. It may be the people that you thought would not be interested actually find you find they're a strength for you. So Jeremiah said, 
turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. You see, the potter is seen to be a purposeful worker, turning the wheel, and the wheel is the wheel, if you like, of changing circumstances. And the clay can be spoiled. Sometimes it becomes a mess, but it can be reworked as it responds to the desires of the potter. In other words, the clay can go back on the wheel and be reworked into another vessel. And I love this persistent desire of the potter to succeed, even when things seem a mess. But your honesty to admit when things are not right. I'd be absolutely hopeless as a potter um, I was useless uh, at that sort of thing when I was at school. Ali, on, uh, who's not here, she's down with the children, probably doing crafty things, would be, uh, I don't mean crafty, you know, craft of the things, um, would be wonderful at it. But you see, this whole thing about the pot has nothing to do with us. It's to do with the sovereign God who is the great artist who created the world that fell away from him but can be thrown back onto the wheel and remolded as his kingdom comes. When a potter creates something, each item is different. Potter can make 10 vases. Every single one of them will be slightly different, even if they follow the same pattern. Each one will be unique in its own way. But at the bottom of the vase or somewhere on the vase, the potter marks his inscription upon that vase. I love that bit in the service that we had today for baptism. When we baptize a child, we mark them with the sign of the cross, for they belong to Christ. Each one of you here belongs to Christ. However you're feeling doesn't change the reality that God is with you and you are precious to him. Potter can shape us and shape the lives of others. So I want to leave you with this thought today as we think about who we might be able to invite in the future. We have a holy calling upon our lives. We're to be set apart for our maker, to be what we're called to be in obedience. The question to each one of us is, will we let the divine potter mold us or remold us if that's necessary will we let him create something beautiful and useful and treasured a product of creative love for you and me to be true to our calling we need to make sure that we are pliable in the potter's hand so never can Consider yourself useless or worthless. Never be deceived into believing that life has no purpose. Never let the past steal your future. At the beginning of another Methodist year, we must honour those who've gone before us, who've kept the faith. And remember that you are chosen and you are loved. And what's more, through your Redeemer, Jesus Christ, there's hope 
and there's purpose in life. You are marked as a child of the living God.